1: Hi everybody, Jason DeLine here, your uh, regular host on Comedy Album Book Club, and with us today we have Helena Marie. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. And of course we have my producer as always, Matt Ardill. How are you, Matt? Hey, good, thanks. Good, good to see you. So today we're going to talk about comedy holiday specials slash movies, right? Yes. So we've each selected one we want to talk about. So, um... Why don't we just uh, do one at a time here, Matt? Why don't we start with yours? Yours is the one I was the least familiar with. Okay, maybe you can speak to it a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it, it. The BBC has this tradition of comedy specials around the holidays, mm-hmm. and uh, they you know they they vary in quality. You know, you can you can get like little just one off like you know Mother Brown and her kids, and it's just right. like another sitcom episode. Right.
1: Or the Doctor Who stuff. The Doctor Who
2: stuff, yeah, Yeah, which is, is, uh, you know, people are throwing a a fit this year because it's going to be on New Year's instead of Christmas, and it's like, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, people get angry over the craziest things. Well, some some people consider them some of the best uh, episodes, right? They they, They really kind of go crazy. Uh, with those episodes. Yeah, it's
2: usually, they usually like, you know, blow the budget, <laughs> the doors off the budget yeah. on those episodes. A lot of times like... they have
1: past doctors show up and things like that. Yeah, usually, all, usually it's the, it's the end stuff. of the world of a major city, right? Is it New York or what, what, is it London? Isn't there normally a city involved, a certain city where it's the obliteration of... Uh, yeah,
2: some of the time, like, it usually it's a big, a lot of the times it's the big culmination of the story that they've been working on for the season. Oh, really? Okay. So it's like the doctor regenerates or like... Like he meets the Doctor from the first Doctor Who kind of thing, mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff. So they go they, they go over the top with that. And, you know, right. I, I love it. as a Doctor Who fan, I love it. But over the top mean, is
1: kind of the name of the game with that. Exactly. Show. <laughs> at, at,
2: at, it's Doctor Who is at its best when it's dialed to eleven. So. Right.
1: <laughs> um, Not taking itself too seriously. Exactly.
2: Exactly. But uh, one of the things they they do is they do like the commission specials. So back in two thousand four, the Mighty Boosh was really hot mm-hmm. at that time and uh, richard ayawade and matt berry who were members of the boosh matt berry was in the stage show richard ayawade who's doing the it crowd at the time and matt berry was on then as well yes yes. so uh, he was back and forth uh, wow. on between both those because he was the head of the the park in the first season and then he sort of dropped off in the second and second and third season. And Richard Ayawadi, who was in the stage show, then came back in the second and third season of The Mighty Boosh as one of the shamans who had a mm. had a beef with uh, with one of the characters in the show. Did you know that he was also in the American version of the IT? Yes, path? yeah, which and I watched failed. it. It Was painful. I like Joel McHale. He's you know for what he does, right. which is snarky, handsome guy. Right. But yeah, that he, he, yeah he, you, you don't get that. I worked in IT for 15 years. <laughs> I'm about as close to Ray as you
1: get in real life.
2: Like, and I'm. I, I'm right. Oh, <laughs> you know, well, well, the I'm angry. Guy I tell people to turn on and off their computer. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, <that> what's <laughs> the name of the uh, the original guy? Um, oh, um, he's gone on to to be, do other things too. He's yeah. He was in? Uh, well, I think he was in Bridesmaids. Oh, he he and um, he's like a weirdly enough become
2: a kind of a leading man. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, nice. He's got a good Scottish brogue.
2: Oh no! Irish uh, as hell. Irish. A very so Irish. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not right, good. Do, do your Irish impression. A deep, deep Irish. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna I'm um, <laughs> cool I can't do access <laughs> yeah, so. He was in a, a great I don't know if you saw yeah. The indie movie um, Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel No You have to see that It is one of my favorite Time travel. It's very o, funny
2: Ch- Charles, or Chris O'Dowd Chris O'Dowd Chris yes, O'Dowd of course yeah. Um, But yeah and Very like, charming Yeah, he, he, he's great um, And uh, And plays the schlub well Yeah, he just He plays he Brides- An IT guy Is he
3: in Bridesmaids too? He's in Bridesmaids yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, he's the cop Yeah um, handsome. 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 Rugged. Yeah. unapproachable, <laughs> Kind. Yeah.
2: Now, um, so yeah, back in 2004, mm-hmm. Boosh was at the height of its game. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Richard Aiwade doing things like um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Places. Mm-hmm. So you had all these sort of like bananas self-referential parody of british yeah. television kind right. of
1: shows and very earnest like really oh not yeah perfect it, it, it's parodies.
2: it's it's parody that works so well because it's parodies by people who love the source materials it's not just like oh i'm being ironic and i'm making fun of something i think well, is stupid so this
1: is this is where i think we might have an argument later but go go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and tell me more about A D B C.
2: um so yeah so matt berry is a musician on his own mm-hmm. like his music the music in the sh- the musical he composed all the music he wrote all the
1: lyrics the adbc musical yeah, yeah.
2: and uh so adbc is the story of the innkeeper who so it's like
1: adbc BC. but in yeah. the style of acdc type of thing yeah sort the of font like... is kind of acdc
2: yeah. um it's it's very very uh it's sort of like a, a, a sarcastic love letter to all those super earnest 60s and 70s like sure. Joseph and the Ma- uh, Ma- uh, technical or dream well, Probably earlier Jesus that. Really Jesus Christ superstar superstar for sure. yeah so, gospel it's influence. like yeah yeah, yeah. and um, yeah so basically it's just this uh, the the it starts with Tim Wind who's the, the played by Matt Berry mm-hmm. uh, who is the artist who produced this off uh, you know, off the strand kind of musical back in the 60s. And then Which the he BB- said played actually in theaters for a couple of weeks. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, and and watching that character it really feels like the setup for what later became Toast of London. So mm. it's the same kind mm-hmm. of vibe of that really pretentious... Yeah, self-important. Self-important to actor, to
1: musician. Talented in spite of himself kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, So he sort of frames it, uh, by introducing it where we have all of these different, different characters. And let me just find here. So, yeah, so there we've got Noel Fielding, Julian Barrett, Rich Fulcher, Matt Berry, Richard Iawade, and Matt Lucas. Uh, mm. As God and Julia Davis playing the innkeeper's wife, and she is actually um, the wife of
1: oh jeez uh,
2: Julian Barrett. So they're mm. they're actually partners in real life,
1: which it's makes the things... variety of uh, especially two thousand four. Like those are some pretty heavy hitters as far as BBC comedy. Yeah, is I, I, yeah.
2: exactly, and, and the, the interaction between the between um, the. Hotelier and Ruth, now that they're at knowing that they're actually husband and wife or partners in real life, it sort of like adds a sort of different layer to it, right? But uh, yeah, and it's just everything is, um, like the music is good, it's actually well written
1: of that period music, very accurate. Yeah, you could easily mistake it for something legit,
2: And, and it's it's like. It, it, it's everything is uh just that uh, that little bit off yeah which i like like all the dialogue is done in adr like nothing is actually right. recorded <laughs> so you, you see people's lips slightly out of sync yeah. there are times when backs are to the camera for right. like extended periods and it's like you, you don't do that you don't do a minute and a half of dialogue walking away from the camera right. Yeah. And, and then Matt Berry turns around and starts like freaking out and then it cuts and it's like right. but you don't hear the freak out it's like no. like he's shouting at somebody
1: yeah it, it's very bizarrely edited <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it just all of it reeks of incompetence intentional incompetence yes really
2: Yeah, and it, it's one of those things for me it's like I'm watching that and it's like you have to actually be really good to do something that, that looks that bad Absolutely. without it being with it still being entertaining yeah
1: yeah. No, so I'd like to know now why why you chose this. Are you it, a big fan of this? Do you watch it every year? you watch it, it every year. It's okay. it
2: close. It's between this and the Colbert Christmas special for okay. similar reasons. Because both of them are from people who clearly love what they're making fun of. Right, but see the ridiculousness in what they're making fun of. In the case of the Colbert Christmas special, it's the network Christmas like with Elvis Costello and the goats right. with horns. Mm-hmm. They're not reindeer. How can you tell? Like yeah, it's, it's like all Real of that.
1: Throwback or- to the cheesy seventies <laughs> uh, yeah, variety ex- special type Exactly, and in this special case,
2: specials. it's like a throwback to the overly mm-hmm. earnest like sixties, seventies andrew lloyd weber yeah, musical, musical yeah. Jesus, yeah like the choreography in it is like straight out of jesus christ superstar right. like and they're, they're, they 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 have these ridiculous like anachronistic asides and, yeah. and like there, there's been one moment when ruth the uh, innkeeper's wife um the innkeeper is never named he's always just the innkeeper uh she calls uh Iscariot who runs the hotel that was trying to buy his her husband's in and she's doing this song and then it just cuts to this montage of like really sketchy looking b around England right. and like these yeah. like piles of beans and egg and toast and stuff just like very British breakfasts and stuff like just B&B it's like just straight through you think stereotypical B&B so it's it's just these like little anachronistic elements that are so over the top and yet they just remind me so much of those like 70s like hair and and all of that
1: stuff I believe uh, the guy who played Jesus wore a Superman t-shirt he had a t-shirt that had a Superman symbol on it so yeah there's a lot of that anachronistic stuff in that stuff already yeah
2: so That, that, that's where sort of where it comes. From. Like I, you know, I, I we, we, my wife and I both love Matt Berry. We have mm-hmm. like I think six of his albums, three of them autographed. I, I oh, you wow. know, he used to get them from. Like, like, I don't think he has one this year, so, but I would get them for Heather every year. Did you uh, meet him? Is that got him No, autograph? no. You, he signs, sells something. He has a, okay. like a micro. Um, like a, a, a micro production company that distributes them and everything, okay. so I just like order them offline and uh, or online, and they they uh, they'll send them. So here's your autographed one for an extra twenty bucks, kind of thing. Right. So yeah, I like, oh, what the hell, I'll get it autographed. Yeah, nice. To have. Um, and it just it, so it's like he it, is again. It's clear that he loves the material, so it's not like I don't feel feel it's mean spirited in the way like a parody could be um but it's still fun and uplifting and it actually does kind of have a nice message you know Mm. um it it does sort of feel like oh you know we're you know be nice don't be a jerk you know the the spirit of the season is is like you know loving your neighbors and and all that so it, it has that core christmas message without you know sacrificing it for the joke
1: i uh, I agree to you to a point with you to a point but I also th- I think a, a lot of the underlying story is that they all want to be having sex all the time like almost every song involves and let's just make love I'm in my room making love and <laughs> yeah. like that that keeps coming up. and that's very like seventies yeah like the, watch that stuff, J- you know? Jesus
2: Christ superstar with yeah. uh, that was the staged last summer mm-hmm. And that was a pretty horny musical
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah it's almost hair yeah yeah and, it's like, and like
2: i don't think of this when i think of jesus especially the weird hipster punk leather outfits that everybody's wearing yeah. this just doesn't work for me but hey you know whatever
1: yeah uh, it's interesting i wonder where that stuff comes from like if uh if, if it's part of the community of people who want to tell this story if they're trying to tell something close to the the stuff they believe in or if they're actually just trying to market to people who uh, aren't part of the their, their religion yet they're, they're yeah. trying to appeal to the hippies maybe through well, these things yeah I, right? I
2: mean I think you know in the 60s and 70s when Godspell and Jesus Christ and and Mm. Joseph all came out. I think it was hippies writing for like, Mm. they're like saying, you know, hey, we love one another and Jesus is love, man. So, you know, we could be into Jesus. So I think that was now (laughs) when like NBC is doing a weird leather punk version. I think that's an exercise in marketing towards right. the glee kids. So the kids right. who got into yeah, musicals right. for glee who are now like, you know, 20 something and, you know, and, and horny. <laughs> so yeah, so I think that's it. And, and with this, with this, I felt like that sex, there was a sort of a sexiness, especially mm-hmm. when Judas Iscariot is going on and on. And like, Oh, the champagne, do the bubbles make you Randy? <laughs> and it's just in that like super, super short, like tunic yeah with his leg up and all sweaty and gross and it's like it's it's clear that they're they know this is sexy in as much as it's about sex it's not sexy in any way that's in any way that's appealing sexually though no, it's, <laughs> so it's, not it's erotic a kind anyway. of gross yeah yeah it, it it well that's the thing it's it's erotic in the same kind of way a guy on the street would say hey that's erotic in that, that is in no way erotic.
1: Great right. <laughs> So So you're a big fan of this. Yes. So I watched it for the first time yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I found it hard to get through. I mean, part of it's the production quality. It, yeah. it, it looks like it's meant to have been, sh- look like it was shot on old videotape yes. stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, parody is a tricky thing. Uh, I'm a big fan of... Uh, you know, airplane mm. and uh, the naked, the first Naked Gun movie, um, stuff like that. Um, but that's I w- don't really know how to. Uh, Those define are more like general difference. parody, it's like the well, just it's general genre. It, it, it's similar, but, it, but
3: it's more broad, right? It Whereas is more
1: like, broad. This is yeah. like this is very specific. It's yeah. more joke filled. Yeah. this feels like it. it it, and, and Christopher Guest almost came into this t- category, too, with, uh, with A Mighty win, But he remembers to write a bunch of jokes in it, too. And this, to me, I didn't find enjoyable. I wouldn't watch it again because it's too good at being what it's parodying yeah and i'm not a huge fan of, of godspell and jesus christ Superstar. i mean i appreciated it uh a while ago for what it was uh when i was in high school we went to see a, a reproduction of godspell and of course there's that revered production of godspell where it brought together uh martin short andrea martin uh O'Hara, yeah, all uh, the sctv Fox, yeah like yeah. so many of those great people met because of that it's like this legendary uh, thing here in toronto but um but it's it's so close to the real thing. It just it, to me it looks like I'm watching uh, a third rate version of those things. that yeah. I'm not a huge fan of anyway. Yeah. And it's just so it feels so legitimate that it's hard for me to enjoy. There are a couple of jokes in it that I find really funny. Like they're walking away and, and he says something like, uh, "Let me know if you if you need anything like fresh water or towels." Yeah. And he's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, and you're an innkeeper. That must be tough in this market." or something like that was like to Yeah, like for, Richard Iowa's character
2: where which uh well like he, he plays he, Joseph he plays Joseph where he has like a really you know a really voice and then like, then he sings and it's like a normal singing voice mm-hmm. but then he just switches back to those ridiculous so yeah it's i can definitely understand that but i mean it's very much in the mode of all of the stuff that those guys were doing um because you also have um oh, geez. jeez had I'm trying to remember Dean Lerner. So, man to man with Dean Lerner, which is one of Richard Iwate's other shows, right. which is v- very much of the same ilk. So, mm-hmm. it is in it is difficult without the right context. I could see it being inaccessible. I will admit that right. it's it's like it's very much like unless you're in on the joke already. Mm-hmm this is probably going to be kind of boring. Well,
1: and I, th- I think I am. I think I was, uh, but it's, it's just, I, I think it's just not for me, that type yeah. of thing. Like uh, Toast of London as well. I mean, I, I gave up on that after about five episodes because it has a few great Matt, what I think are Matt Berry-esque moments where he's very funny and kind of a blowhard. But mm-hmm. a lot of the storylines are so surreal and strange and... Uh, it just doesn't appeal to me. It's a different kind of comedy. And yeah. I really credit BBC for trying different types of things because, you know, with, with The Office, I think it was wonderful how it was a short run and they were just like, this is it. We yeah. have our story set. We're done here in, in well North America. You know, they quadrupled the, the length of the thing, probably more than that. Yeah. Uh, it turned into a hit series, and then it ran at a gas and wasn't as good at the end as it was in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, um, like
2: the British one, you have two 12 episode series and yeah, a Christmas, Christmas special. special yeah. And then the Netflix movie. Um, right, which was great. Yeah. But, uh, but, but
1: yeah, but with, with BBC, I think they do some amazing <laughs> things like, like that. They'll even do something very short and, and succinct and just the story they want to tell. But then they also do things like, to me, this. Um, ADBC should have been a sketch as part of a larger thing yeah. but they turned it into a 30 minute special this to me one short premise that I don't think deserves more than 10 <laughs> minutes um, but th- that's kind of gutsy of them too yeah it's a risk it tests, it's definitely it's a risk attention span. And, and I mean
2: I th- and it's <laughs> I think it would have fl- it f- probably flies better in England mm-hmm. where a lot and at that moment because you have sure. all of those people doing all sort of similar types of comedy mm. in that moment because it, mm. the bush is kind of like that too i mean this is a very bushy musical i like, suppose uh, but is,
1: most of their stuff is shorter form like they're a sketch show really yeah um i i, I there's a few other things are longer form but uh, but mainly it's Pretty, pretty oh yeah, I mean, there's they were a sketch troupe the that they
2: transferred transformed it into mm. them, you know, running a zoo, and then right. them. I don't know what they did when they lived. A, 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 there was a, one second season they lived above the shop, mm. and then the third season they ran the shop. Right. There's like a in Camden, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I, totally I will,
2: <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's, it's so they have little premises that sort of like float in and out. Yeah, and they yeah. then they just will have the thread. And yeah, I can it's, I, I can definitely see where your perspective is coming from. I also think
1: it it feels like it's a little too late. Like if they'd done it in the early '80s, I think there would have been a bigger audience for it. But. I'm not sure if the people who watched Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar in the 70s and have it as a good frame of reference are watching... Something like this now, a Matt Barry special. I don't know. I feel like there's a very niche audience that appreciates this kind of thing because you have to be probably young uh, and, and hip, I guess, enough to, to appreciate the, the comedy of these people involved, but also have a level of reference where you know what they're parodying, which could have been 20 years before you were born, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's I was, a risky thing.
2: I was probably <clears throat> two. Mm
1: hmm. Jesus Christ, superstar, came right. out. Kind so of most thing. people, a, yeah, our age, yeah. don't have it as a level of reference, really. Uh, yeah,
2: but I, 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 think and you citing Toast, I think it's similar to that. It's right. Yeah, and in a way which is also similar to, oh hello, mm. in that is it's it's very niche. Yeah. And, and I it, and it's not really geared towards a broad audience, which is you know, which is. Fine. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't expect everybody to like this. I wouldn't recommend it to every person that I know. Like I wouldn't mm. like sit down with my mom and watch mm. this. Right. Uh, you know, no. because like it is
1: not accessible no, to her. But
2: my uncle who was really into musicals mm-hmm. and was isn't an, or was an Anglican minister, I'd sit down and watch this with him because mm. he's really into music. He's really into those musicals from that era. And you know, this was kind of this shtick. <laughs> you know, the see, entire. I'm very God curious
1: thing. if he would, how he would um, critique this. Your mother as well, like if they would see the comedy in it. If it's that, if the comedy is accessible enough, or if they would just say that's an okay musical, yeah. or it's a terrible musical. Yeah.
2: I don't, I don't think it is particularly accessible. No. I, I will, no. I, I will admit to that. Mm-hmm. Like, off the it's not necessarily something that just anybody can sit down and watch. But mm-hmm. if you're into. That particular like, be, yeah again. It's a sort of multiple like like the horrible edits, especially when yeah. when uh, Matt uh, Matt Berry would turn up as God and like, just giving the thumbs up and and then just like the weird wipe where he like, like sort of shoots off the screen and stuff. Yeah. Um, the the poor video edit. It's like the poor quality. Like it looks like a degraded you know VHS tape.
1: It reminds me if you ever seen any of those um, those thumb. Parodies? No, no. <laughs> There's one called uh, uh, Bat Thumb. Oh, and with then, like
3: the talking thumbs. Yeah, like
1: they they superimpose uh, uh, I think an upside down mouth on thumbs and put googly eyes on. Them. Oh, jeez. And they're probably like twenty to thirty minutes. And there was one that was a, a parody of the the original Star Wars trilogy, and one that was Batman. And yeah. um, they're isn't ridiculous. That for kids?
3: Like, isn't that like, is that <laughs> no. really marketed for adults? to watch a talking thumb <laughs> like
1: really it is it's it's a it's an absurdist type of Parody, and it has its jokes in it that are funny, but it is ridiculous. Um, there's some pretty good jokes. There's a part, there's a part in the Star Wars one where there's this thing that's sort of supposed to be Yoda. It looks like Yoda, but all it talks about is that it, what it is. Like it shows up and they go, "Oh, we have to talk to to you. You're the master." And he goes, "I am a puppet." I'm like, "Aha! Uh-huh. So uh, how can you help us?" He goes, hand goes up me and manipulates mouth yes and it's just completely self-aware that it's a puppet it's kind of ridiculous but it kind of reminds me of that type of thing like it very lovingly reproduces what it's trying to do and and it has like the bad star wipes and and you know some bad uh spaceships hanging from fishing line and things like that which is part of the charm but ultimately unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it is a holiday tradition. Yeah, like, how long have you been watching it? When did you first
2: watch uh, it? Five years ago now, mm-hmm. six years ago. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we'll watch it wow. every year. And, uh, you know, Heather finds it funny. I find it funny. <laughs> and I completely understand why other people do not
1: Fair find yeah, yeah, it. Well, funny. As long I'm as I'm you find it funny. I didn't get a chance to, to watch it, but... you uh, i oh, have you're a feeling... not supposed to say that. <laughs> I have a feeling you wouldn't like it.
3: If it, if it's a, something that's a comedy that you don't like, I definitely wouldn't like it. I don't know
1: about that because there's a lot of stuff I like that you don't.
3: Yeah, um, but there's never something that I like that you don't that's comedy. Is that right? Pretty sure. Is that a
1: pretty broad taste. Well, yeah, you, a you much love musicals. greater appreciation. You do love musicals. I
2: do.
3: Yes. Yes, that's true.
2: So, so you you might you might find something in there that you enjoy. Mm. It may not be funny, but it's like, oh, that's a right. good song. You know, like that, right. there's a one, the song, Ruth's solo song, I love. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, um, the, they're all really good singers. Like uh, Richard Iwate not as great, but yeah. it's yeah. It looks played for laughs a bit. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 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 But, and, uh, yeah. Like Lots there's, of there's, falsetto.
1: Yeah. So like a, a, a Sounds like the kind
2: of
3: thing time. like my mom would like
1: she might she might find it funny too i'd be curious to see her take on it if it's
3: done by the bbc she'd like it here we go (laughs) it's
1: on it's on your mom likes the bbc bbc all right so So, um (laughs) we're switching gears a little bit here um helena and i didn't pick specials we we chose uh movies that have various comedians in them um so helena why don't you talk about the film that you chose
3: Okay, well, um, it's a very well-known film, I would imagine. And if you don't know it, kick yourself. It's called Home Alone, <laughs> and um, I think that I oh, gosh, I don't even know when the first time is that I would have seen it, but it came well, it out came in out 1990. 1990. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so I was seven. There now, everyone knows how old I am, and I probably would have seen it right around the time that it came out in the theater, possibly. Um, Eight. I don't think so. A young. No, yeah, I probably would wait until it was out on VHS, um, and but I, it's always been a part of my life, and I think probably sometime in my in my teenage years, I I lost contact with it, but when I was a young adult, it was it was a go to movie around the holidays that was easy to put on whether you were in a room full of kids or a room full of adults because I think the comedy appeals to both children and adults alike and I think that's what's so great about it still today is that you know it can kind of there's a relatability aspect to it when you're following Macaulay Culkin's character you know the whole idea of uh the family, you know, wishing your family wasn't around anymore. (laughs) You know, we can all remember being kids and be like, I hate my parents or, you know.
1: A little space. You don't get it at that Yeah,
3: even though we've grown out of that now, there's still, we can still relate to it, I think. I know I can. I can still remember being that bratty little kid who's upset over something that you shouldn't be upset about, but you still are upset about it. Mm. And, um... And then it's kind of like, um, you know, it it's this feel-good family movie, but that has all these spooky and creepy and scary aspects to it, you know, with the,
2: mm-hmm.
3: the, the robbers and everything. And um, I love the idea of a child being able to plan how to, you know, get these guys to go away. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene is that that first scene when they come back to the house, and it's the rocking around the Christmas tree, you know, and he's got all those like all the strings, Michael Jordan cut out, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just fun. (laughs) It's just fun, and of course you have, um, you know, the SCTV. Peeps in Catherine there,
1: O'Hara, John Candy, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah.
3: that just adds a whole other layer to yeah. it. Absolutely. Like their
2: their interaction between the two <laughs> oh of them God. is just it feels so genuine yeah, and, so and, and 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 oh. sweet. Oh, like yeah. there's nothing, no ulterior motive. He's just like, it's the holidays, we got mm. hosed out of a flight, we'll give you a lift where it's <laughs> I on Who the way. Who not trust
1: John Candy? <laughs> you you know? Know. Yeah, in in know, a I truck full him. of polka performances. And
3: Catherine's, oh yeah. her her. I mean, I don't think I could praise her enough, but her her facial expressions, when she's at the airport and and John Kenny is just starting to talk to her about you poke, 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 you know, and her just, <laughs> like, this look on her face, like, you can just, you feel the tension inside of her, she has something she has to do, she has to get back to her son, and yet she's a, a nice person, and this guy is standing in front of her saying nonsense that she is not following and has no idea yeah, what how it desert. relates to her at all. Yeah. Just, it, it, I'm sorry, is there... You know, like it's, it's yeah. just the way it's
1: she just, does a lot of oh what God. she's given as far as script, yeah. and she brings so much warmth, like, she brings that. The worry of the mother, but it's not—it's not one note. She's yep. also no. strict at times. She sends Kevin up to the, up to the, um, the attic, which, which feels <laughs> a, a little bit harsh. But at the same time, you're still on her side. Like, yeah, but you, she's you're still she's still on her side. yeah.
2: She's still like okay, we'll find somewhere else for the kid who wets the bed <laughs> yeah. to sleep. It's, yeah, it's not mean. Right.
1: She's strict no. but no. loving. But also oh, yeah. a fully realized person. Like yeah. it, it could have been easily just a one note where you're just at 10 going, my kid, I gotta get home to my kid. But yeah. it's a very nuanced performance. Oh she, my God. She's exhausted. She's worried. Um, but she also has that terrific sense of humor. Like, yeah. I, I think she deserves a lot of credit as an actress, not just as a comedian for her, her depth of emotion. She's yeah. incredible. I mean,
2: I, I'm going to say it. And, you know, some people might argue this with me, but I honestly think it's the best John Hughes film. Like, mm. out of all of his because mm. I saw, I saw a lot of them in the theater. I saw, you know, like, and this is the most balanced
1: one. All of them Super have... accessible from a, a wide range Yeah, from. and I mean, like, you look
2: at, like, 16 Candles, there's, mm-hmm. and, like, especially if you read Molly Ringwald's, like, essay about filming, or not 16, uh, Breakfast Club. Right. Um, but 16 Candles has a lot of problematic elements. Yeah. Sure. Ha- and then, then, you know, so, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, Uncle Buck, sort of this, this phase, like, she's having a baby. This is when he sort of... Realizes, you know, I don't need to be so national lampoony mm-hmm. in all yeah. of my stuff. I don't Grounds need to throw you know half-naked women into every movie kind right. of thing, you know? And and then it's like this yeah. is like there's literally something that everybody can enjoy in this movie. It doesn't come across as preachy, it doesn't come across like Home Alone 2, also John John Hughes. Mm-hmm was a horrible money grab it was just like this is right. so wrong right. No, i do not want to see do-. even then i was like donald trump's in it i'm not gonna uh, watch it <laughs> oh,
1: well, I think, i've actually never seen that you, on you said it's balanced um you when know, we were watching it the other day and i noticed how it's not one note like a lot of kids christmas movies are yeah or even comedies are uh you know you get a lot of movies that are just gross out goofy rated R stuff from beginning to end, or you get the very saccharine sweet where the stakes are fairly low through the whole thing. Like, Oh no, what are we going to do? We lost our Christmas presents. Oh, there they are. You know, it's just not, not high stakes, but this has a lot of, they, they really give you the, the idea of this family cares about each other. There's a lot of heart, but they're frustrated with him, with, with Kevin. But then there's also the fear of the, the furnace in the basement, which yeah. I think a lot of kids can relate to. It's like a, I, a scary, I dark, I am terrified nasty. of my basement. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a very common thing. It's usually not well lit. There are yeah. a lot of dark corners and things. Um, but then there's also the... The robbers are actually pretty scary. They're willing to invade the home, even though they know he's there. Yeah. What does that mean? What's But they also... Make it fairly cartoony in the way he deals with them. Yeah. Like he's not shooting them with bullets or or cutting them with knives or stuff. They they sustain some pretty serious injuries. It probably killed them. Um, they're, 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 they're probably killed they're, they're, them. the face. But yeah. but it, there is that nice, like you said, balance between there's there's fear, there's mystery, there's comedy, there's physical action, yeah. um, and and something for everyone. What, like you believe it.
3: What I really love too is that when we're introduced to like Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, they were... It's not like we're only presented uh, with them as the robbers, as, like, these Mm. entities that are coming in. We... We get to know their characters as well
1: well she's introduced as a cop that's a bait and switch that we don't know for a while which is great uh
3: but then we we see them you know robbing the other house we see their interactions Mm -hmm. together we get to know we get to know them as well Mm -hmm. and we're obviously not on their side but we don't i don't know we're not left with the feeling of like we hate them or we're scared of them really they're harmless
2: like when when they almost hit kevin when they're pulling out of his mm. neighbor's house, they're like, hey, kid, watch out. It's not yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. get out of your kid. It's, mm-hmm. They actually genuinely seemed to care that this kid not get hurt Yeah, for motivation beyond, oh, then we'll have a dead kid if we hit a kid <laughs> and we have to explain right. why we're like, wow. Stop. <laughs> they're very they Keystone
1: Cops type of bad guys. Yeah. You know, sort of harmless, but they're as foils, basically. Yeah.
2: And they, even Ke- Ke- Kevin's character, like watching it again last night, like this is an like it, there's actual growth there with a kid mm-hmm. in a kids movie yes it's so easy to oh they're just so sweet but he, kevin is like i was kind of a jerk to my family i yeah. should have known better but they were also treating me like garbage which isn't cool mm-hmm. And then the end and how he helps that the old man next door. Yeah, it's quite beautiful. It's, it's this
1: like talk with him in the church is very grown up and yeah. oh, yeah. And he doesn't get a chance to even be seen that way in his family. He's the youngest, yeah. right? And and they don't think he's capable. And that's what's nice, too. When they come home, they say, oh, we don't have any milk. And he says, oh, I went shopping. I got everything. And they're like, really? Oh, so now <laughs> they have a new appreciation for yeah. him. He's, he's grown up a notch during the course of the movie. And that's nice to see. And I really like watching him sort of living vicariously through him. It's cool to see him do two things. A, grow up by, you know, I love when he talks to himself in the in the mirror about how oh, I've used this kind of shampoo and this body wash and I've shaved every part of my body. And, um, but then he also regresses and does things he'd never be allowed to do which is an inspiration for me stuff I would do still today he, still today he has the, <laughs> the bowl of like an entire liter of ice cream yeah with chocolate sauce all over and he's watching movies and ordering a pizza and I'm like yeah man like that's what you would do like if you could do anything yeah. you <laughs> wanted no parents around yeah. no, no responsibilities yeah. yeah it's cool so I, I really love that balance of I can do whatever I want I'm going to go to the extremes but at the same time I have to step up so I can take care of myself and in the meantime he learns how to be kind to other people yeah. and take care of them and yeah there's a there's a lot of really sweet pieces it, of storytelling it, it, it really
3: happening. sweet and he <clears throat> um he does grow up a lot in the movie and yet thankfully like he still remains such a child and he's like, eight
1: yeah and Macaulay <laughs> Compton does an
3: incredible uh, job he does yeah, he amazing. really as does as, an, as really
1: a child does. actor it was just impre- amazing. really amazing um, okay.
3: and it's interesting like when he uh, towards the end of the movie when he goes and talks to the other santa claus who is supposed to relay the message to the real santa claus about him wanting his family back uh, that's his christmas wish Mm -hmm. he's still a kid at the end of the movie because he wakes up christmas morning expecting his family to be there because he asked santa for his family back
1: that's that's a heartbreaking moment
3: it is and um and I, i just think it's so it's so sweet and uh it's a real tearjerker. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, I'm a big sap for these kinds of things. And <laughs> especially when it's a movie that I, that's so nostalgic because I have been watching it for almost my entire life.
2: Yeah, I mean, like we were like, you were seven at the time. You were Kevin's age. Yeah. Almost when that was going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, not, we're a few years older, but not that much older. That's you know? yeah,
1: no. neat to see it through the eyes of someone who would be the age of a parent. Yeah. Right. I mean, and you can understand, you can now... Uh, relate a little bit more to the family, the, to Catherine to O'Hara and, oh, yeah. and John Hurd and what they're going yeah, through. Yeah, the only character I didn't <laughs> like like the uncle is a jerk. Oh, like, is. Yeah. I think he we all the have the jerk worse. uncles. It's but the the,
2: the, wor- the one that I didn't feel felt real to me was the older brother. Mm. Buzz. He's hmm. he was, he was basically Chet from Weird Science. Just right. a younger version of Chad. A little, a little biff. Biff. A little yeah, biff. A yeah, that yeah. same kind of 80s, like, I know this is 1990, yeah, it's but it's character. coming out of that, is mm. that, that bully archetype of, yeah. the, of just such a blowhard with the, the buzz cut and, like, high and tight buzz cut mm-hmm. and, you know, a gun on the wall. It, it's just... It didn't seem to fit with the rest of the family like as a character
1: is like I didn't he didn't feel like like he would be their be there. son
3: Kind of yeah. thing.
1: jerk kids have jerk parents though and you know when if you're an older child or a middle child there are there are ways you rebel that aren't like everybody else, you know, and uh, he, he looked like the oldest of I don't know four or five five kids, kids. Five and kids, yeah. uh, you know, he's probably not getting the attention and love that he used yeah. to get. And uh, I don't know. I, I bought it. And I especially like that they humanized him a little bit when he came home. He said, you know, it's pretty cool that you didn't burn the house down. Yeah. Like, there's still a little bit of affection for his brother. Yeah. He, wasn't, he, he wasn't all that. And, no.
2: and, and Macaulay Culkin, I can't which, remember which one of the Culkin brothers it was, but the one who played his cousin. Fuller. Fuller. Yeah. I think it was Kieran. Is it Kieran? He, he's, so. he was like... Couldn't have been more than five, and he was actually really good. So cute with those just little expressions (laughs) and stuff. I'm like, I don't know if I wasn't directing or just something natural to the Culkin family. I love it when he's he's drinking all
1: that milk and he puts it down and just looks at him and smiles. It's like, are you planning
2: to win the band? Like, you (laughs) have an
1: agenda. Yeah, I'm really leaning into this thing, everybody. I love that his name is actually Fuller. <laughs> yeah. and, full and there were some,
3: some really neat touches too. We were talking about how um like when Macaulay Culkin wakes up and he realizes his family's gone and he's remembering what everybody's been saying all the nasty things that everyone's been saying to him. Right. They yeah. took they took different
1: takes, cuts of it, different yeah, takes, right? All so close up looking right down the camera. It's interesting because
3: it's kind of like it's it's his perspective and it's mm-hmm. they were all Worse, yeah, a I mean, harsher. they might have said the same kind of words, it but... just—it's
2: read worse yeah. in his yeah. perception of what they
1: said. Yeah, yeah.
3: and that just, I just—I think that's really just a neat little touch. I you love know. stuff
1: like that. It, it drives me nuts in uh, movies when people have a flashback, and it's exactly the way we watched it. Right, and th- that never rings true to me because they wouldn't have this perspective of an edited (laughs) bird's eye view. They wouldn't see themselves. And I always think flashbacks, and maybe it's too extreme to to want this, but I always think flashbacks should have... Yeah, it should be the POV of the character. This should be uh, first-person view. But... I understand why it's not, but yeah, I really like that they took the time to, they had, you know, the six or seven different actors and had them all do their different lines just for him, yeah. looking right down the camera as if they were looking at him. I thought that was really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I love that movie so much. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's
1: great. It has every emotion you can think of, you experience in that movie, and, um... I feel the one thing I feel like was a little weird was that the, the old man next door who they there's this legend about that he killed people and stuff and yeah. he turns out to be a sweet man. He takes a long time before he ever says anything to Kevin. Like, he's just happy to sort of loom over him, looking <laughs> terrified. <laughs> uh, maybe we could infer that that's also Kevin's perspective. But, like, uh, uh, once in a while, maybe he would just be like, hey, I, how are you? I'm not a scary yeah. man. I'm Mr. Smith, who lives yeah. next oh, door. Yeah. <laughs> well, I- and it was weird, too, like, later on when all the things were happening with the robbers, the old man's like, okay, let's get you back home. Alone, like yeah. why? Why at like that why point? The, co- the cops
2: already know that like people tried to break into this house. This kid's home alone. Yeah. Why would child protection, child protect, but it, it you know child protective services weren't called because it's a sweet family movie.
1: Sure. <laughs> but, a, but like, I think the old man probably should have taken, like let him. him well, home, yeah. Actually, what
3: I like about the relationship that he has with this old man <laughs> is the old man doesn't treat him like a child. No, no. they're
1: peers. Yeah. 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 They're equals. Just, yeah. Absolutely. Like,
2: you know, which yeah. is like you know i know when my grandparents like my granddad would like treat me like an adult mm-hmm. that really endeared him to me like you know, it wasn't yeah. like oh you little kid it's like oh you want to sit and talk about stuff yeah. sure yeah. it's a special
1: relationship between kids and uh, and the elderly i think yeah. they I, the elderly sort of get a new perspective they're not in the middle of the hustle and bustle of having to raise a kid and they understand the innocence of it and yeah it is nice i i've got memories like that too where my parents were my parents, uh, for certain periods of my, of my life, but my grandfather was a peer yeah. and, uh yeah i think they portrayed that nice, in this, mo- nice mm-hmm. in this movie i really like that church scene where they're giving each other advice and yeah new <laughs> perspectives and i mean and he you know his
2: his like i can't i'm afraid to call my son you know that's yeah. just such a, a touching realistic it's not like some they just got in a fight right. it got out of control and then both of them yeah. were too proud to or too afraid yeah. to resolve it but if it just took kevin saying What's the worst that's going to happen? Well, <laughs> like,
1: also, I think part of it is that he, the the man felt comfortable being vulnerable because he's talking to an eight-year-old. I yeah. mean, you know, there's no consequence. There's no, there's not going to be judgment, you right. know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really, really beautiful it, relationship.
3: Yeah, it's a really great ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's so... There's so many different elements that m- make this movie work, and and the directing, everything, but the actors are really what hold this piece together for me. I don't think it would be. I think it would be a totally different movie if Catherine wasn't in it. Oh, you absolutely! Know? Like you just can't. Well, even a, though she's not in it for a
2: lot, she's just she's
1: a glue that holds it together. Oh, yeah! yeah. It's so much of the like comedy so funny comes from real what feel like real moments real family moments it's not just jokes uh written that are sort of outside it where everybody's a a hilarious comedian and has all these great little sarcastic asides it's it's in the moment family type things in their situation (laughs) john Hurt is very funny as well as Mm -hmm. the father um and
3: even when the when they're in paris and um the uncle starts going around with the shrimp shrimp, that's for later and and he just ignores it and just keeps like you know we have that person in our family who would just do that and then John
1: John heard on the family trying to call and he's talking to the French police do you speak English Mm -hmm. no uh, uh, parlay anglais a la (laughs) he's showing so much and it's clearly just grade 9 French that he's he's got Um, and he's great at that that frustration but still the warm father uh, well
3: it's interesting Because actually, if there's one thing that I found, that I've always found lacking in this movie, was to me it never felt like he was concerned enough.
2: Yeah, when Heather and I were watching last night, she's like, "Why isn't
1: he going home?" Yeah, and And I mean, I guess he's staying with the rest of the kids. There, I I always felt he was being the rock for everybody else. Yeah, Um,
3: maybe, but I I think I think for me. it would have I would have liked to at least have a moment where that is being described because if mm. not it just leads so much into this stereotype that we are so much the, trying to get away from care. is that the mother cares. Yeah. And it's the you know, the mother who's worried. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it and it just even when the when the whole rest of the family comes home like the, it's good that dad comes in and he hugs Kevin and says, it's all good, you're okay. But like he's more con- he's more interested about the tooth that he finds yeah. on the ground if, you know and i and i get right. it because from a storytelling point of view if you have both parents freaking out it's too much noise but just something a little bit more to just feel like the the father cares it, that's the only well, he, thing that's to amazing. me he was
1: also the guy who freaked out the least when the, there was the mess in the kitchen like he mm-hmm. just seemed to me like a calm dude like yeah. like if, if if this happened and i was in France, and, and if I had a kid and left it, I uh, I would like to think that I would hold it together and right. say, okay, we need a plan. We'll get back tomorrow. There's nothing we can do. I'm going to call no. the police, do whatever we can, but...
3: Yeah, he is calling the police. Yeah, and I, I, I someone did.
1: has to take care of the other four kids. Mm-hmm. I do see
2: yeah. that uh, that he does seem a little bit less realized compared to the other performances. It's like so. more about
1: Catherine than him, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: like if you look at, say, Uncle Buck, which... Mm-hmm. Also, John Hughes, yeah. many of the same performers. Yeah, you have John Candy as the emotional male component, and he carries that film. He carry he emotes so much more. Right. So there, you see, like, like I, well, I he has an arc too. It's more yeah. about him. Yeah. Than so it's, he's, and the same with Plane Trains and Automobiles, and right. I, I think it's like John Hughes can do emotionally realized male characters mm-hmm. I just I just think it's like this is just a case where it just got lost in yeah. the shuffle because yeah. it, you can't
1: give everybody in a movie like this an arc it's just you yeah. know it's sure. too much for for sure and I don't know why Well I was going to say I don't know why They had to cast so many kids Because that confuses things But that's the That's the only way They could justify it for yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the
2: cousin yeah. Miscounting
1: some kid Across
2: from across I the way kid Yeah
1: Coming <laughs> over and being nosy so was So is this standard
2: scene. Or automatic You
1: know <laughs> What's the mileage On this thing yeah. <laughs> Jeez get, I
3: don't know. Scram get out of here yeah,
1: They kept kicking him out And he'd go away and Then he'd just be Popping up in the next scene It you know. <laughs> was fun Yeah Yeah And, and yes yeah, so like, like you said Some great comedy heavy hitters like uh, I think I think some of my favorite scenes are, are with Catherine O'Hara and John Candy like mm. like talking in the airport where he just out of kindness says I'll help you out and yeah. then the ridiculousness of them all sitting in the back of a U-Haul playing polka and then all the polka songs and albums he lists and she's just like no I'm yeah.
2: uh, try- him trying <laughs> to get her
1: to play the clarinet she's like yeah. no
2: I do yeah. not play yeah, the clarinet yeah. <laughs> and she's no. really nice at first, yeah. Yeah, and then has to be
1: like I don't want to um, <laughs> I, I remember he used to have do uh, a, a, a Polish character and did polka stuff. Oh yeah, um, yeah, the Schmangy Brothers. Schmangy Brothers, cabbage rolls and coffee. Mm mm, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh, so it was yeah, it was fun to see him kind of play lean into that role I, I remember he was uh, considered for um, Rick Moranis' role in Ghostbusters mm. as Lewis Tully but he wanted to play him as a crazy like a German guy who had like these two giant Dobermans and so he'd be using this like over the top German accent which yeah. I'm sure would have been fun but kind of would have been out of place it'd be, in Yeah, it would taken too much uh, uh, Rick Moranis yeah. is a pretty heightened version of a real person in that movie but you yeah. still buy it 100% um, but John Candy is a German I don't I think would be uh, make that movie too silly yeah maybe too much <laughs> but I would have been okay with him being a Polish that Polish uh, uh, brother, yeah. brother yeah. In, in Home Alone but yeah yeah real heart there anything involving Candy yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay, well, uh, the third movie, another John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. And I kept my mouth shut before, but I think this is John Hughes' best movie. <laughs> and I think this is uh, one of the best Christmas movies. Um, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Oh, you uh,
3: mean the movie of the shirt t-shirt that you're wearing <laughs> right now? i <laughs> a t-shirt yeah. with the,
2: uh, the tree with, on it. Says, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Griswold Family Christmas, National Poon's Crucification. It's got the tree on the station wagon with the roots and all. Um, and I also think this is uh, Chevy Chase's best performance. Yeah, I agree um, with that. Outside of Saturday Night Live, <coughs> I think it is uh, is the best thing he's ever done. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie never fails to make me laugh. I watch it mm-hmm. almost every year and I never get tired of it. I've got parts of it memorized, but there are parts of it that always surprises me. It is just joke-filled. It is just filled with funny moments and great characters. Like, you know, sort of the opposite to Home Alone, where we've got sort of a family that is sort of one unit. Mm -hmm. The, the people in this family are all so different from each other yeah. and they're all so funny.
2: And like every cast member is is solid in this oh, too. Yeah. Like Like John, Johnny Galecki uh, yeah. as the... as oh, very the, funny. Like, the, so I think dry. this was the second or third incarnation of uh, that yeah. son. So it was
1: Anthony Michael Hall in Vacation. Then yeah. European Vacation, I can't remember the, the Some other name. blonde, skinny guy. And then, yeah, Galecki in this one. And then in Vegas it was Ethan Embry. Um... And then, of course, they then they did it with uh, with new people when they had uh, Ed Helms as the grown up Rusty. Yeah, well, it's like
2: the, the grown up version yeah. of that, I mean, yeah, vacation, a, yeah. which yeah. is
1: that's kind of a fun movie too. Um, but yeah, I think Galecki is amazing. Um, he does uh, great work in this movie as a as a dr- very dry Rusty and yeah. very aware of how con- incompetent his father is. And there's a lot of great just deadpan reactions yeah. and eye rolls and that's so fun Juliet lewis is also great as the as the sister who's sort of the, the a same kind of same feel it, it always seems like uh, this movie more than the other vacation movies i think the the family unit aside from clark are all much more capable yeah. than he is
2: <laughs> like if if home alone i feel if home alone is John Hughes' best non-lampoon movie, I'd mm. say this is his best lampoon movie because this yeah. is where, again, he's found that perfect balance. Like, Clark yeah. is just enough of an of a self-absorbed dick that he, he, you can see him pulling these boneheaded moves like at the lingerie counter, but <laughs> he still loves his family so much that yeah. he freaks out when things go wrong, not because of embarrassment, but because he's not giving them the Christmas that he feels they deserve. It's great that
1: there are so many goals uh, within that narrative about how it's going to be the best Christmas. He's always wanted to have a big old fashioned family christmas and have his parents over um, ellen's parents over he wants the the biggest greatest christmas tree um, he wants all the best lights you know a fabulous turkey dinner and just he has all these ideas of what that is and and part of that has been ingrained in me as oh, well yeah. too I, Definitely. Mean, uh, I mean i've spent pretty well every christmas with my family and I love that. I love that idea. I'm not a religious person, but I love the idea of this time of year we all get together with friends and family and it's it's a nice sort of um, heartwarming time of year. And um, yeah. and yeah, I I have the... I, I, we tried to do something a couple of years ago. We were living in a condo in, in Montreal and I said, this year we're going to have the the Christmas vacation Christmas we're going to have people from, from both sides of the family it's going to be fantastic <coughs> and it was just a disaster it was just too many too many personalities too many people under one roof too much food to worry about well too much pressure um, on
3: us because we had this expectation of it being so amazing that's it. The that the second anything wasn't exactly what yeah, we expected yeah. and part of that, that's... I think
1: uh, either it came from me watching the movie or the movie really represents everybody's real fears that, yeah. Yeah. I wanted the best tree I wanted great food I wanted amazing decorations I wanted everybody to show up on time. We wanted to say Christmas carols, you know, the whole thing, and it never goes according to plan. Yeah. And we uh, even
3: did seat assignment
1: for the <laughs> dining room table.
3: There yeah. were only nine of us. All
1: right. <laughs> <And> anyway, uh, <laughs> what what I think this movie does really well is everything does fall apart in very relatable ways, yeah. albeit extreme, um, a little bit over the top, but that's what makes it funny. Um, but uh, but then they realize the true meaning of Christmas: just have everybody together yeah. and they pull off both sides of that coin so well, because like home alone, we have fantastic actors who are great in yep. the comedy. That's a given, but then we, and then they just deliver even more with that, the hope and the warmth and the yeah. kindness. And that just brings it all home like, and makes it worth the, watching.
2: The one thing that I, that in retrospect feels uncomfortable for me, not in a bad way. I still love this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's also on our regular every year rotation. Right. Um, <laughs> is the yuppie hating though like they (laughs) hate those neighbors in a way that i'm like that's not normal to be fair (laughs) my at least my dad was kind of a yuppie right. and my mom she didn't have time to be a yuppie she was right. a nurse but, but they, it was, it's it, beyond it, I think it
1: was beyond just yuppies it was a certain it was, it was like color a, of a, yuppie it was yeah like a, it was
2: not like all yuppie but a, it, was it was like, like that, self-absorbed like who needs three stereos like, right. he's like what happened to the stereo I'm like well you got two more right next to it so I don't I don't think it really matters that like <laughs> Man, a piece of ice
1: flew I through love a window I the mystery <laughs> of what happened to that stereo like the idea of a spear of ice breaking a window and breaking an electronic and then melting so, you have this destroyed thing. Something obviously hit it, and then a pool of water, and your window's broken. Like, how would you ever figure it yeah. out? I love how perplexed they are. Then, yeah. But they just know, even though they don't to figure it out, they just both turn slowly towards Clark's house. They know he had something yeah. to do with it. Yeah. And then she goes over, and the dog attacks her. I and mean, then she comes home and punches him out. Yeah, that's Julia Louis Louis Dreyfus yeah. too, who is is great in that role. So fantastic! Yeah. I love. They they, they play <clears throat>
2: horrible people very very well. The two the, sure, the, yeah. the two of them, but but they're just horrible in a mundane way. They're not evil. Right. No. They're just obnoxious in in, in, a, in a way that like that that scans as these could be real people that you would live right. next to who. Jog and then sneer down their nose because, you know, you have like the wood panel station wagon right. and, and well, all that. Well, the
1: antithesis of not just what the Griswolds are, but what Clark wants them to be. Yeah. He wants the homey, folksy, lovey-dovey, cheesy, cliche Christmas. Yeah. And these people want anything but that. Right. Like the,
2: the, the, what sets the two apart, most interestingly to me, is set design. You yeah. look at the Griswold house, and that's... I relate to that house because yeah, that's kind of like the classic. house I grew up in. But then you look at the the, the, the neighbor house; it's like all neon like a and museum. and it's it's like it's that cold that and modern yeah it's square. like Miami Vice st- aesthetic yeah. of yeah. you know those nasal paintings of like yeah. just stark harsh it's a lines. Sort of Miami
1: modern <coughs> style. Yeah, yeah. It's monochromatic.
2: Like, it's it's those little de- those little touches that mm-hmm. just like elevate the material that much more. Makes then like, you have yeah. like this something set in the back of your head setting the joke. Tone. Right, mm-hmm. so it makes it that much easier to These land the beat. These are not like us. Yeah, uh,
1: right. even their jogging suits were like they look like that um, rescue blanket material, like all yes. modern foil, like futuristic. Uh, However, <laughs> spaceman it's interesting stuff.
3: you say they're not like us. Like I feel like the true spirit of Christmas then is is not is lost then if you're not truly well, accepting and loving Well, maybe not like enough. us isn't
1: isn't the right thing to say but like they seem like they don't care about the spirit of Christmas so mm-hmm. that's that's why they just kind of become an easy foil they're the Grinch in this story right you know I mean you could argue I guess that um Ellen's father is like that too he yeah. sort of poo-poo's everything Clark does finally he gets the lights to work the little lights aren't twinkling I know Arden thanks for noticing <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> just trying to bite his tongue and just gr- grinch through everything and then beyond all that, then we get that wild card Cousin Eddie show up. Yeah. And it, that is also one of um, Randy Quaid's best roles, I oh, would say. Oh, I, yeah, I definitely. Would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could argue the last detail he was good in, but, I mean, that was really Jack Nicholson's show. But, uh, but yeah, I would, I would say this is, he, he's one of the funniest parts of it, too. Well, just, oh, just you know.
2: his delivery, like the plastic. Like, oh, they had to take that metal plate out and put the plastic plate in. And, you know, it's like, a, if something happens, then my hair
1: will just not be right, yeah. you
2: know? It's like wait a second i think there's other things that you've got to worry about well, the, but then your the hair metal, not hurting right the one
1: said every time his wife threw the microwave on he pissed himself and forgot who he was for a half hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he delivers those lines yes yeah, so just throws them away like you just believe him a hundred percent that he is this guy yeah. uh, one of my favorite things too is when they've got one of those german um candles where it uh it makes the propeller on the top spin around. Yes, yeah. and he just goes and just touches it, and it just falls apart. And he just looks at it like, "Well, that's a piece of crap." But like he he broke it. But just the look on his face, it's just such an uncaring like jerk. And we met those people, and I've been that sometimes. Like, oh, look at this, and like I break something back. So I'm like, oh well, oops, like you know, <laughs> just a bull in a china shop type yeah. of thing. But
2: again, with his character, like. I, th- I like Clark. He's sort of like the 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 talk to Clark's tick. Mm-hmm. Like ultimately, he does also want that family Christmas. He does yeah. want to do right by his family. <laughs> yeah, it's just he's so grossly incompetent. Mm-hmm. He. Thinks kidnapping a person and bringing them tied up in his easily identifiable vehicle to the family is the way to go about that. That brings us
1: to our fourth Saturday Night Live uh, alumni. We had uh, Chevy Chase, um, Julia Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, Randy Quaid, and Brian Doyle Murray. Yes, uh, plays uh, Clark's boss. So another uh, comedic force, and he's he's great as well. Yeah, and and he does a very nice. 180 <laughs> from the hard ass boss like he, what did he call him uh, Greaseball like he did so a different like, name
2: every time like, I, 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 I love I, that's
1: gotta be like improv he really thinks his last name might be Greaseball he's not trying to <laughs> insult him he's like yeah whatever you say Greaseball like stuff like that makes me laugh so hard yeah. even the movie uh, Son-in-Law which is a really stupid Polly Shore movie uh, his name his character name in that is Crawl, and the father keeps getting it wrong so the father to um, oh, not Gina Gershon who's that actor Carla giugino actually plays the love interest and that's mm-hmm. one of her early things and uh, the father uh, he wants to get his attention and he goes oh crap <laughs> and that kills me too. Like he literally thought in that moment that his name might be yeah. crap. He's not insulting him, he thinks that those those kind of jokes. you just they get me every time. Yeah. Just that misunderstanding. So but in, and
2: as soon as he like sees the consequence, he's like, oh cr- uh, crap, <laughs> like I, yeah. I I was wrong.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, it feels I, a little I can't tacked believe. on, yeah, a little convenient, but it is nice. When but then when his wife shows up and she's like, oh, right. you you idiot. cut the bonuses. <laughs> When you see the people that matter get hurt, that's when you know. Yeah. And what was it, Jeff? Oh man, and, when, and oh, Chevy Chase does some great emotional work in this movie. When yep. he's writing, when he's reading the thing, and he expects it to be the 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 check. He says, "I'm putting it in a swimming pool. I already put a deposit down." And Ellen's like, yeah. eh. "And if there's enough left over, I'll fly you all down and dedicate it." And then he goes, ah. <laughs> and "Ellen says it's bigger than you expected." It's. Uh, it's a, it's a jelly the month club, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Randy Quay, Well, that's a gift that keeps on giving the whole <laughs> year through. Like he's just totally clueless <laughs> about what's going on. Yeah. And then he, and then uh, I think that's when Clark does his second of two great rants in the movie yeah. Um, yeah yeah no there's some there's great stuff I mean you really feel his frustration and there's a lot of fun set pieces too with the the squirrel and the tree yeah uh, the, the cutting down of the tree itself and it starts off on the way to the tree that great highway uh, yeah that, chase, that, the in the that back crazy cu- that crazy like under the truck oh scene. man I love oh, yeah. that <laughs> stunt where he just goes to pass the guy and goes underneath that tractor trailer yeah. but uh, it, it, do
3: it, not try that at uh, home Bob. no
2: one of the things too though like that makes this movie so so great is like the little everything is set up by a simple mistake generally by you know clerk or one of the family but like the, the Christmas tree he gets in there and he left the saw at yeah. home. And you know, it's like we've all yeah. been there. Yeah. And it's like yeah. and, and he's too proud to go back and get a tree from the lawn. Yeah,
1: they never show how they get it out, but I love I love that panning of the car and the tree goes by and you just see the roots and it's like a six foot radius of just dirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. And then they get it in and he unleashes it. Um, a lot of sap in here. Looks great. little full. A <laughs> lot of sap. But like that line kills me every time. And then he go, then he goes to bed, and he's talking to Ellen about the plans, and he's turning the pages of yeah. the magazine, and his thumb sticks to every page with sap. It's just so subtle. They're still talking and ripping pages out, and then he says, fine, okay, good night. He turns off the light, and the lamp comes back from his head. He kisses her, and his hair is stuck, and then that just the end of the scene yeah. and it's it's fantastic to me the, the best part of that scene is the lamp is stuck to yeah. <laughs> and that much sap is ridiculous and
2: even with all of that sort of like over the top sort of slapsticky kind of humor mm-hmm. it still has that the grounded mo- like when the mm-hmm. family lock him in the attic and he's yes. like wearing all that old clothes right. and finds the old movie like even that finds the old gift that he
1: forgot to give yeah. in a prior year that, yeah. I love those old home movies uh, where he's watching his uncle and stuff, and then they show up later in the movie. Yeah, mm. no, I, like I said, I think Chevy Chase is. There's a lot of credit for staying so grounded. Like he's yeah. known as such a slapstick pratfall guy, but he stays so uh, grounded in all these ridiculous moments. He's so dry, but also yeah. has the heart and the smile. And mm. yeah, that's why I love this movie. I mean, there's tons to laugh at, but you, it's never bitter. Yeah, uh, it's not. Um, it, it's not a uh, an ironic kind of uh, comedy, yeah. and it,
2: it's dialed down from the earlier lampoon stuff
1: too. Oh, like for sure. it, it's
2: like it's like this is a Christmas it's not movie. Offensive. Yeah, we have our, our our sexy swimming pool scene, but never right. goes to, like <laughs> if that was you know the first lampoon or the second lampoon. Oh, she'd have been
1: completely naked. Yeah, on the, like,
2: on the baby it boat. knows like okay, we gotta we gotta you know dial it back a bit because yeah. we want th- that would just be wrong to have that in this in this
1: movie and that's actually a fun callback to to the woman he was trying to flirt with at the at the counter yeah and and there's some Uh. awful jokes in that that i still laugh at though where he's saying his wife is dead and and obviously she doesn't wear underwear so so what are you doing he's he's, he's, he's (laughs) saying he's buying he was buying lingerie for his wife god rest her soul Oh, she's not dead. She's she's history, and obviously he doesn't wear underwear. So,
3: <laughs>
1: like, what he's saying really makes yeah. any sense. He's just so flustered. I,
3: I wonder how much of it is improv and how much of it is direct on script. Yeah, I,
1: I, yeah, I wonder too.
2: Yeah, I, I I could see him doing sort of that on the fly. Right. Yeah, uh, it feels the, so natural. Yeah.
1: And then his son shows up and just shuts it down. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
2: it's like, again, like the two the two kids, like they're just so good too like i've been that rusty i mean i've made that thing like when he's freaking out and he's like oh okay i'm done (laughs) like to, to clark
1: just uh, like... Yeah, I, I love that the kids aren't like overly smarmy and sarcastic like in a lot of stuff, but they're also not too saccharine. They're just yeah. in that middle. They're almost the adults of the movie. They're just they're just dry and sort of tired. <laughs> 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 and and going, if Clark was my dad, I'd be tired, exactly. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like He just has boundless energy and incompetence. And those two things mixed together are kind of adorable. But you can, you can understand how living with it is just exhausting. And you really have to love someone to stay living with, like, God bless Ellen, like what she puts up with no. in her marriage. She deserves a reward of some kind, too. And I, I like that she resorts to smoking once in a while. And then her mother <laughs> says, are you smoking? No. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. they all deal with their struggles in the movie and uh, but 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 they love each other and that, that, that I think that's what I like about it is it's a movie with heart there's a lot of you know it's a wonderful life type sentiment in it but mm-hmm. also just so many relatable laughs so many moments we've all been in and they just take it that one step forward that you need in a movie to make it funny mm-hmm. and uh and it all works it all hangs together so well so yeah, yeah. that's why that's my favorite christmas comedy thing holiday comedy thing so thanks guys thanks for sharing uh, your stories with us Uh, for you listening please uh, let us know what your favorite uh, comedy uh, special or movie is from the holiday maybe we'll talk about that a little bit in January maybe we'll do a little special uh, thing where we talk about what other people were talking about Uh, and then it'll be full steam ahead and we'll be talking about more comedy albums so thanks for joining us have a great holiday and a great new year and uh, thanks for listening to Comedy Album Book Club